0: Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to Free Talk with Mr. V. Welcome back to another day. You know, last week we were talking about what spouses give back to the world. And so we'll continue that conversation this week as we plan to have two weeks of conversation, like bringing up the subject and allowing our guests. our listeners to give us feedback so the second week we get to uh, expand on the subject some more so here we are and i'll turn it over to our moderator as the panel continues samina
1: hi good morning good evening assalamu alaikum and i wish i knew more languages (laughs) (laughs) yes Thank you very much, once again, for joining us, all our viewers and our listeners. Uh, Yes, once again, I'm delighted to welcome Ms. Debra Stevens with us, as well as uh, Mr. B on this show. Yes, like we just mentioned, we are going to be continuing talking on how spouses give back to the world. And uh, we are very happy to see that people did listen to our conversation, found it very exciting, and they have sent us some questions. So uh, without wasting much time, I will just bounce off my first question to both of my speakers today. And uh, starting with uh, Ms. Dedra, the question we received from one of our listeners was that, you know, during the pandemic, uh, the schools have been closed and uh, parents have been really struggling to see what kind of uh, education or the best of the education is what every parent wants to give back to uh, the child and especially when the child is just starting off and there are these three-year-olds, four-year-olds at home and now messing around the entire house, you know, some of them are (laughs) literally uh, making a lot of chaos at home and uh, of course there could be parents, uh, spouses who are working, both of them and uh, at that stage it's very difficult for one to even, you know, or not to stress on this particular subject that my child was supported was to join the school this year, but I couldn't get him into school because of whatever reasons. So what's the best way that parents can still ensure that they're giving the best of the education to their children in such times?
2: Well, <clears throat> I'm going to draw a lot on my experience of uh, homeschooling uh, a special needs child. I do have that experience happening now in my home. Mm-hmm. Um, Ibrahim is an adult with autism and he's been educated at home for some time already. Uh, of course he did have a nice, um, sort of school experience, you know, that he was enjoying before the pandemic, he would go to the Al club for this, for special needs. And since they were closed, we'd be more innovative about coming up with things for him to do. And I think that could apply to anything kids, really. Um, and I can tell you one thing, with a, an autistic kid, you really need to remember to make a schedule. And just like them, I think all children crave structure. They crave a schedule. They crave being put on a program, you know, and as you the parent, you're going to need to be to kind of lay it down and say, look, you know, get a blackboard up there, a whiteboard, you know, get the markers, get the the sticky notes, you know, whatever it is you use, you know, to organize the schedule for your kids and say, you know, you may not be in school right now, but we're going to be, 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 be bringing school here to the house. You know, you will be expected to still some of the activities that you're missing out on in school. And fact, you know, the lessons were, as I understand it, being given online at most schools. So it's their responsibility to have a certain time that homework must be finished, you know, the same as if you were at school. Um, but I would suggest strongly this. I mean, I've always been a big believer in art therapy and creative therapy for children because you know children if they can't go outside to be with other kids and play and get that kind of stimulation I think that it becomes extra important for them to use their imaginations and have creative materials mm-hmm. around the house. I mean we always made a point of having paper, paints, pens, colors, markers, you know, whatever it took, you know, to do creative art-related activities because not only does it do a lot for a child's mental and, and you know psychological development, it does a lot for them, you know, in terms of managing stress, yes. too. I mean, art is a great way to manage stress. <laughs> Trust me, as a writer i can tell you one thing i mean i don't know how many women my age uh suffer from loneliness and empty nest syndrome and that and I, i just i mean as an author i have all these wonderful characters that keep me company all the time <laughs> i'm never lonely
1: right <laughs> yes, so, I, I, yeah. I, I yes i can understand you're relating and talking to those characters literally when you're They're writing. always <laughs> here
2: they're always around and i'm creating yeah. new ones as we speak And you know, with each book new characters come into play and so the, the point is that when you use your imagination loneliness is never a factor and mm-hmm. for children i think you can most definitely apply that to their schedule. What do you think, Mr. B? Am I on <laughs> well, track with it, that it, answer? In a sense, it, it really
0: is because we um, we follow the pattern the world and the universe puts before us, but we still have to question what is education and how much and how That's it's given. Point. I have, um, when my kids, of course, my youngest is 34 now, and the grandkids are, are 11 and 15 but when my children were small, we did homeschooling also. And so education comes in many shapes and many forms. And so as we're talking about what spouses give back to the world, we can see that is indeed something that needs to be given back. We need to not only educate ourselves, but we need to be prepared to educate our children. And so it comes in the form of talking, teaching, giving back time. So the art of giving back talks about that, talks about what do you give back. So when you're thinking about what spouses give back, we give back our time to make sure our children Mm -hmm. are are well-educated and whatever methods you use, like you said, art, assignments, time, schedules, all of the things, whatever, you use everything necessary to produce these results. Yes.
2: Yes, I agree 100%. (laughs) Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, And um, yes, uh, for children who are just about four or five years and they have not been able to admit those children in schools because I can think about India where, you know, there's uh, the situation where (laughs) parents are still scared to send their children to the schools, though some of them open, some of them are still closed. Um, You know, parents are very, very scared. And a year has passed and they see that the child is actually not getting what he should have got a year ago in terms of his uh, emotional development in terms of his skills in terms of him starting to write or read or whatever it is so they are really worried and stressed and i'm sure a lot of spouses uh, feel this way Um, but but yes both of your inputs are very very valuable and i'm sure it will help our listeners also to kind of think about it and pick up these uh, nuggets and actually take their step forward to kind of do whatever best they can for their children.
0: You use one word just now. I'm gonna dip in and say this because one of the highest focus items that could have been going on or should have been going on at home is reading. And yes. if, if it was yes. a three-year-old <laughs> or a four-year-old or 40-year-old, um, being able to spend time enhancing reading would have been teaching them the world or giving them a tool that would take them very, very far. So even someone did not go to a formal school for one year, if they spend a whole year learning quite eloquently how to read mm-hmm. and being able to read all sorts of different levels, that would have been a, a great educational enhancement. Oh,
2: I Absolutely. agree with you 100%. I have to add to that that that, um, you know, the mothers are in fact, the first teachers of the children. And I think that mothers need to remember that, that from the time children are born, it is your responsibility to begin those lessons, you know, and reading, I agree with you a hundred percent, Mr. B. The reading is paramount, you know, I mean, because that is a life skill that should start way before a child enters a classroom and Mm -hmm. try to remember you know parents are so they're putting so much pressure on themselves about school and marks and grades and all this stuff you know and they don't remember that when we went to school i think my first age of i think (laughs) i was five when i went to kindergarten and i was six in the first grade and I didn't miss anything valuable in those <laughs> years earlier than that. Why are they trained to put them in school so early? It really yeah. isn't fair, you know, let uh, them play and enjoy. And, you know, learning can be fun. I mean, one thing I love about books like Dr. Seuss, for example, is that certain things are made fun. Like all of my children, for example, learn the ABCs from Dr. Seuss's ABC. I mean, it is the it is the most fun little book in the world for learning the ABCs.
0: Oh yes, we can. It makes Green it eggs a sing song. Green eggs and ham.
2: I love. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, <laughs> learning is should be enjoyable when children are that young. You have to keep it fun, keep it like a game, because otherwise they're going to think it's boring and they'll turn they they'll tune out. But if you make it a game, they're going to love it. And they'll always love learning and for their whole lives, they'll love learning.
1: Absolutely. And I think all the parents listening to you right now, Ms. Debra, uh, when you said that it's okay for them to start school at five or even six, they must yeah. be like, yes. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> Thank you. My, my child Thank you. actually did not miss anything. I'm okay. Yeah. I'm Give yourself okay. a break. Don't be yes. so
2: so hard. <laughs> on yourself there's they put way too much pressure oh my god absolutely absolutely
1: <laughs> great so wishing all the parents a very good uh, thing in terms of experience in terms of giving back to their children at every stage right from their childhood we will move on to the other end of our life where you know all of us and our families have this situation where our parents at some stage need us And, you know, uh, one of our other listeners has sent us this question that, you know, spouses have a lot to give each other. But then there's a stage when maybe one of our parents, maybe the husband's parent or the wife's parent, one of them needs uh, us to be there with them and stay with them and handhold them for everything. We don't know, maybe because of an illness or maybe just because of the age factor or whatever it is. But how does uh, what what is important for the spouses to understand at this stage and allow whoever it is to be with the parent? This is the question of the listener. So I'd like both of you to just shed a little light on this.
2: Okay. And I do you want me to go?
0: I'll go first on this one in the sense okay. that um, I know there are responsibilities that that yeah. do come up from uh, from that. Um, from that aspect, the aspect of giving back when when our parents have become older. And the world, right. in many parts of the world, has gone away from the responsibility for, of caring parents. Now, this mm-hmm. has been cultural in many parts of the world for a long, long time. So it was it's just like, a in some places, like a code of responsibility. In some parts of the West, some people shy that responsibility and try to run away from it. But the art of giving back talks about and brings up these points about what, what do we give back, what do spouses give back to the world. And that would be a phenomenal way to give back to the world by caring for our aged parents or even having a, a sense of concern for that care and using whatever institution necessary to make sure it's still established. Meaning that to make sure that we don't lose this sense of wanting to care for our aged parents, because we will be aged ourselves at some point.
2: Yeah. Yes. Uh, Well, to just, you know, I mean, I agree 100% with what you said, but to just spin on what the last thing you said, what goes around comes around. You know, (laughs) I think you have to remember that.
1: Yes.
2: (laughs) That one day we, too, will be very, very old, you know, and I mean, we can try our very best to stay in the best health and the best mobility and the best mental, you know, you know, facilities and everything. But you never know what's going to happen and what kind of care you'll need when you age. Um, So I think that to model this behavior for your children is a great thing. I mean. As for my, in my case, uh, we had an example of that even recently, my, my husband um, was pretty much the primary caretaker for my mother-in-law, mm-hmm. you know, for the last 10 years of her life. She had advanced Alzheimer's and he was, he needed to go there every day. He hired a nurse, you know, to help, you know, with the day-to-day tasks. but. I mean, he, he sort of checked on whether or not her supplies were there. He sat, he visited her, you know, and because, you know, they can, they say that they know that you're there, even if they can't really respond, you know, so, and it was, it was a beautiful thing, you know, to witness him do that. And I, I tried to be supportive and that I didn't complain. I didn't try to say, well, you need to spend all the time with me. I, I don't like you always being over there. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I, I understood, you know, when he had to do that, I think that as a spouse, you need to sort of back up your partner when they need to do what they need to do and realize that he wasn't just doing that for his mom. He was doing that to model it for our children, too, so that maybe when we need help later, they'll do the same for us.
0: We have to throw this question back to the moderator, yes. too, because you care for people. <laughs> as far as me knowing you, you care for people a lot. What about your parents yes. and age of parents? Yes,
1: of course, of course. I would just like to share that, you know, um, I did mention that I lost my dad uh, in 2019, but he was... Um, paralyzed and he was on bed for three years before leaving us so uh, from 2016 to 2019 um, we, uh, we are six daughters and then uh, my mom especially you know she really really uh, we know we, we really admire her strength because even though she was old and she was really struggling herself with her health she just did her best for that and uh, we we all all of us we took turns to be there with dad and um, you know do whatever we could to help him because he was definitely not willing to have an external nurse attend him because uh, you know he has always been an independent person and uh, it it was very sad for us to see him go through whatever it is including the bed sores and cleaning up his wounds and everything whatever we did but um, alhamdulillah but it made us stronger definitely. And uh, going back to the same, it go, all goes back to, you know, what that taught us to do in our lives. You know, what principles were everything which they gave us is what led us understand that this is right for us to do it at this moment. Yes. So we were there yes. for him and we did what was right for him. And Alhamdulillah, we have no regrets that all the six of us, uh, including my sister from the US, she could travel down and all of us could be with him. Uh, the doctors actually said that if you could take him off uh you know whatever wires connected in the ICU he would be there just for about half an hour so we that was a very very tough decision for us but uh, we wanted to ease his uh, difficulty also so we just prayed and we said okay fine we take this decision we took him home and um, it was miraculous that he was there with us for 10 days after that uh-huh. 10 days, uh-huh. <laughs> 10 days and you know that felt like God gave us a chance. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala yes. gave us a chance that he knew that right from childhood, dad never let us alone. Everywhere he would go, he would take us. He would never, never, we haven't, I don't think I remember him saying that, okay, I'm just going to visit my friend. Nothing like that because we are from, uh, you know, th- that part of the world where family values and everything is of course uh, yeah. uh, the highest priority. And uh, we've always lived together and always been together with dad and mom. And all being girls, you know, he's very overprotective. <laughs> he's been very overprotective. Yeah. Yes, the last minute also, we, we did have a good time with him. And uh, we have no regrets that we couldn't see him. All of us were with him at the moment. I,
0: I must say, like our listeners must be wondering um, <laughs> the art of giving back and why this subject and so we have this subject and subjects like these because these are the realistic and yes. uh, humanitarian type of giving back. Because we I yes. often say people think that giving back is digging deep into your pockets in order to look for cash or some kind of monetary yes. value. No, it's not giving bad. back <laughs> is, is is time. When when we Absolutely. get older and we get sick or something we wish we had more time. And so mm-hmm. these subjects is what we're covering here, and I'm so so pleased that it came up this way. This is what we're covering here. This is what giving back. Now, I tell my children and others, <clears throat> what do parents, uh, it's like me bringing up a question, What do parents really really want to give back to their children? And, and what are they expecting, you know, because as, as parents or as spouses, uh, male, mm-hmm. female in us giving back to the world? We're saying that we want to be independent, and so that we want to live a way that we don't put burden on our children. And so, Samina, if you look at it, you might say you you didn't want to burden your your father, but he did not leave you alone yeah. because he did not want to burden <laughs> you either. So we don't want to burden our children, no, our children. To of course, he never
1: burden. did. You know, he never did. <laughs> yes. So
0: I always bring up the perspective that although we always say we want our. Um, our children to start off their lives and become a a member of society, a productive member of society. I think our children wants to look back and say, oh, we don't want mom and dad to be a burden to us. So if mom and dad can take care of themselves, as long as they can by themselves, it makes it easier for those children to grow up. And so what do spouses give back um, to the world? Well, we give back as, as much care as we can for as long as we can. And, we, and caring for ourselves as, as spouses, caring for our mates, caring for our individual self is a way of giving back to the world, that we don't put a burden on society, nor do we put a burden on our children as much, as much, as much as possible.
2: I love Absolutely. that point, Mr. B. I actually have said to friends and and other women, that, you know, we, as women, we have, we tend to feel guilty for wanting to have that me time sometimes (laughs) to go and look after ourselves and eat, you know, healthier food and go to the gym and exercise and have, you know, swim and, you know, have some time out in the sunshine every day, you know, and, and it feels like you should be sacrificing and sacrificing, but you know what? That is the most selfless thing you can actually do, is take care of yourself because yes. you're doing your family no favors by letting yourself become yes. sick and disabled and you know poorly and everything. They want you to be healthy and strong totally. for as long as possible, right? And, so, it's, and it's, so it's a good. way of giving back. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. So it totally isn't selfish go look after yourself, take care of yourself. It's absolutely a good thing to do. And it's not just about you. I mean, I have a disabled kid and I don't know how long I'm going to last, you know? I mean, and I know that as long as I'm here and I'm alive and I'm well, he's fine you know, and we'll hopefully sort out something for him for when I exit this world, you know, but (laughs) I'm not just taking care of me for me. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's not
2: just about me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And we encourage everyone to give back that way by taking good care of yourself. Samina?
1: Yes, sure, definitely. (laughs) Because we do have a lot of responsibility on us and uh, it's not just we're living a life alone and a selfish life for our own selves there's a yeah. lot there's a lot we have to give back and uh, that is all we can leave back uh, wh- once we're gone so I uh, think <laughs> the world would remember us for that and that's all we need we don't need to be remembered for the car we drove or for the villa we had or whatever
2: exactly <laughs>
1: you know
0: so as we come down in this t- um, time frame in our in our um, session and as we record our podcast we want to encourage our listeners to to keep bringing these points in, to keep sending in your comments, whether by email or to any one of us so we can bring up these subjects, because we have a lot of opportunity to do just that, to talk about ways, realistic and practical ways of giving back. The book, The Art of Giving Back, is what we're feeding off of, and the nuggets in the book, for example, next week we'll be covering, over the next two weeks period actually, do we need an intent before giving back? and and that question is probably raised all the time you know is it a selfish thing like we brought up about caring for ourselves is it selfish to give back is it selfless to give back what is the intent do we even need an intent so we look forward to covering or starting to cover that subject next week and the following week um it's just such an honor to have these viewpoints here um dedra samina and we're still um looking for mia from south africa to come on with us
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yes. it's,
0: it's definitely a, a pleasure that we all can be on. I really appreciate us in our roles. Um, we... Well, we
2: appreciate it too. It's, a, it's an honor <laughs> to be here with you. And uh, I think this is a great project. And I'm always so excited to be a part of it.
1: Great. Yes, I've totally enjoyed the last two sessions. And I'm very thrilled that our audience also is sending us topics and questions, which we need to take up for and that's how we can actually give back through this session and i really Absolutely. hope that the these uh, nuggets are really helping people to take back uh, sure. some action points for themselves and thank I, you so much for joining and us. i
0: definitely know that um dedra and, and samina that we will be able to bring a guest on maybe subject matter experts and other people who are focused on some of these giving back topics. And uh, as we go over this nuggets and we'll keep our panel together, we'll have others come on and we really, really look forward to all being together doing this. And I encourage other people to podcast also because those are ways of giving back. Those are ways of keeping the conversation going. Let's be real and let's keep talking about the art of giving back. I am Mr. B on Free Talk with Mr. B. I appreciate Dedra and Samina all being here with me on Free Talk with Mr. B and look forward to this session again next week when we discuss the intent. Um, Follow us on Instagram. Follow Dedra, Samina, myself, Free Talk with Mr. B on Instagram. And we, hello, hello, look forward to it.